0: Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mindenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll. And together we are 3Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New
1: York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays, and same-game parlays, all on one page, plus Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit TheRinger.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem? call 100 Gambler or visit TheRinger.com slash RG.
2: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True,
3: it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an
2: EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit Honda.com slash Prologue to learn more.
1: Let's roll, baby. It is a Tuesday evening edition of New York, New York. And I know this is one Giant fans are waiting for because after their first playoff victory in over a decade, you now get an opportunity to hear the quarterback of the team after their first playoff victory in over a decade. And I couldn't be prouder of Daniel Jones. He's had a stupendous season. He's going to cash in in a big way at the end of this year. He's going to be the giant quarterback. And I got news for you. Statistically speaking, you know, I went on the island, Nora Princiati's Ringer NFL show earlier today. And I said this on her show. I'll say it again now. And I'll say it again, unless you don't hear me. Daniel Jones is probably like a top 10 quarterback this year. The numbers back that up. You throw in a fact of what is around him. To me, it makes his play that much more impressive. He's got a tall order going into Philadelphia on Saturday. I think we all understand that. But what this quarterback has done, considering the Giants were very unsure, this brain trust was very unsure about him being the guy because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Now, I'm sure they probably wish that they did. But they didn't. He's been great. Team won a playoff game. You got to take care of the guy. And that's something the Giants will do whenever this season comes to a close. But one thing I want to say about Danny. And listen, I'm not going to say that I know the guy like he's a brother or a really close friend. This is obviously a professional relationship. But I I can share this. And I think you guys will get a sense of this when you hear the quarterback in a few moments. He doesn't sound different from where he was early in the year. He's never too high. He's never too low. Stefan just said it to me a few minutes ago and it's a thousand percent accurate. He's Daniel Jones. People who are true to themselves, you respect it. I, I, how can you not? And I respect people who are true to themselves and then they go and they back it up with their play and their performance and they let that go and do the talking. So, there's going to be a whole lot of giant football on this podcast. Hey, we got a football team playing the divisional round. That's the way it goes around here. Giants right now are uh, everywhere I walk, everywhere I work in Brooklyn. It's crazy. Giant hats, giant jerseys. My barista at Starbucks asking me, how about those Giants? Like, I mean, this is what I'm getting. This is what happens when your football team does well, exceeds expectations. It builds buzz, anticipation, excitement, all of it for what you will have coming up Saturday against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, we'll have our pick for the game come Thursday. I did mention to the quarterback I picked the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, listen, I don't hide from it, folks. You know, I'm not trying to, like, bury it under some rug, under some hatchet now, and uh, hope it's discovered by the quarterback in five or ten years. got to own it. You know, we got to be true about that. That's what we do around here. Um, You'll enjoy this, Giant fans. Daniel Jones. And our buddy, our giant extraordinaire, Danny Heifetz, who now gets to come on and be Mr. Positivity with the team. And after last year, the idea a year later that these would be the vibes amongst the franchise, they're rather absurd when you think about it in that way. Absolutely absurd. One note before we hit the quarterback. I was at the Knick game yesterday. First Knick game I went to all year. Fandle Suite, the great Alex Plavin set it up. Wonderful time. Wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, I couldn't even have a cut. Co- th- this is I couldn't even have a cocktail because I'm getting over a bad cold from the weekend, number one. And, and number two, you know, I had to work. So, you know, I gotta be professional. That's what we do around here. So I, I didn't even have one. The point being is I'm watching that game, got all the comforts, beautiful view, the whole deal. The Knicks basically had three guys who could pick a I mean, Grimes gave him nothing. Mitchell Robinson scores early in the game, and he does not have much of an offensive game. They're tough to watch when they're bringing that bench in, and it should not be the case. You need more out of Toppin. You need something from that backup guard spot. Right now, McBride is getting a lot of those minutes. Need something, because my fear with this team, and I love what Brunson has done. Obviously, how can you not? He's been an all-star. I love what Randall has done. I dogged him last year. He's played great. I give him credit for that. Barrett, the jump shot's got to be better, but I thought he was terrific. Even that attack at the end of the game, slamming it home with authority. I mean, I don't know how Toronto makes him go to his left, but again, still a grown man's move. Those three, you like what you have. They're playing a ton of minutes. Tib's showing the rotation. I'm glad he did. He got guys who are absolute stiffs like Fournier out of there. That's great. How are your big three going to hold up over the course of this year? That's my question. Grimes is fine in his role, 3 and D. He's not a guy that's going to carry the offense, but he's a winning player. I like what I see. Knicks need another body in here. And I think that's going to be a big topic of discussion once this football season comes to a close and we start moving into February and whatnot. Who can that body be for the Knickerbockers to really go and jumpstart them? Is it Kyle Kuzma? Is it somebody from Chicago? There are a lot of different names we could throw out there. So that's going to be a very fascinating question for Leon Rose and company. And Cowboys was just free money yesterday. I hope everybody bet the Cowboys. Way too many people I know and I respect would tell me they like Tampa. I'm like, have you seen Tampa this year? Have you seen what the Buccaneers have looked like? Holy moly, that was pathetic. Everyone thought that was going to be the best game of wildcard weekend. It was hands down the worst game of wildcard weekend. And Todd Bolt stinks as a head coach. And you gotta wonder what Tom Brady is thinking. Is Tom Brady saying I'm done? Let me go to Fox, make $30 million a year. What else do I have to prove? Or can he not go out like this? My feeling is Brady is not gonna to want to go out. An 8-10 and loser in the first round. I'm not saying he's got to go out as a Super Bowl champ. But the way he would have went out last year, it was still Brady being Brady. This was not. He looked like a 40-something-year-old quarterback. Bad buck team, bad buck line. He won't be playing there next year. Where is he playing? I don't know. Vegas? Tennessee? You know, I heard somebody mention the Jets. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I mean, from a fit standpoint, listen, they need a quarterback. They got weapons. They got a defense. I can't see Tom Brady playing with the Jets. Even with the ties close to the Northeast, or oh, the whole deal, I can't. Can you imagine Tom Brady wearing a Jet uniform? I put that thought in your mind. Maybe for a hot second. Don't expect that to be the case. So, going to be a fascinating offseason for these quarterbacks. Jackson. Brady, Carr, Garoppolo, taking care of our next guest, Daniel Jones, is going to make a ton of money. That's going to dominate headlines once we get to early and mid-March. Okay, here's the layout. Daniel Jones into our buddy Danny Heifetz, the quarterback of the New York Giants after his first playoff game, after his first playoff victory. That's coming up. All right, let's welcome in the quarterback of the New York Football Giants. They win their first playoff game in over a decade. This guy played his ass off. There's no getting around that. Daniel Jones, what's up, buddy?
2: Congratulations. Appreciate it, man. How's it going?
1: DJ, I'm doing great, man. I I give you a lot of credit, and this is, I think, a testament to you and you being true to yourself and the approach that you and your team have. You're, to me, the same guy that you were when I talked to you in week one, the same guy to me that I talked to when you lost. Is that like the competitive mentality in you where it's like, listen, we're satisfied, this was awesome, but we got a lot more work in front of us?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, we're certainly, uh, you know, realize we played some good football to this point, but there's, there's a lot. A lot's still out there for us. There's a lot still, you know, we got to do a lot of work ahead of us. So, um, that's what we're focused on. Um, You know, we're excited to be here, but we're we're not satisfied uh, just being here. And and, uh, we're looking forward to this next opportunity.
1: DJ, last year, it's week 18 against Washington. You're injured. You're not playing that final game of the regular season. Your team ends up losing. You guys make all sorts of changes in the offseason. If I would have told you on that day that you'd go win a playoff game the following year and play the way that you did in that particular
2: playoff game
1: what would the 2021 version of Daniel Jones have told me
2: Uh <laughs> I don't know I don't I don't know what I would have said honestly but you know I I, I mean I can't say that um you know, I mean we've talked about it. I think we were confident in training camp. We were confident, you know, in, in our team early in the season and knew, you know, what we were capable of. So we're we're excited to be here certainly. Um, but, you know, we're we're not surprised ourselves and and uh, we got a lot more left to do. So um we're in a good spot. You know, we know that, we acknowledge that. We're not, you know, ignorant to that. But uh we're also uh still hungry and, and still uh looking forward to um, the next game, the next opportunity, and continuing to to uh, prepare and, and play as well as we can.
1: Um, is it fair to say that was the best I've seen the giant offense all season? Would you agree with that?
2: Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it was uh, probably probably overall our best game. Um, you know, I think recently we played some some better football and found some things that are working for us. So, um, you know, there's always Stuff you gotta improve on, and we'll look to do that, look to clean up some um some of that stuff. And and certainly a good defense we're going up against on Saturday in Philly. So um a lot to prepare for and, and get ready for with that.
1: Uh, you might want to get into the prediction business, so the like fortune teller business, because you told me a week ago, if you were gonna beat the Vikings third down, gotta do a better job with that. And the turnovers. So I, of course, DJ, I ran with that all week when I'm talking about (laughs) the game. I'm like, you know, my guy, the quarterback of the team, say, hey, we got to clean up third down, and we got to clean up the turnovers. That's why I lost the close game on Christmas Eve. Was that the difference, DJ? Because it was an evenly matched game, just like the first game in many ways was evenly matched. But you guys were way better on third down, and you guys didn't turn the football over. Simple as that.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, no doubt those were two big keys for us and we were able to, to hit them, which, which made a, made a big difference. And, um, you know, I I think that's, you know, those kind of key things that turn a game one way or the other are things that, you know, Dave's preaches to us and, and, uh, you know, really hammers home and, and stuff we try to emphasize throughout the week. So we did a better job with that. I think those are, you know, those are important in every game you play, but, you know, comparing it to the first time we played Minnesota, I think it was especially, especially true, and it was a big, big factor in us uh, getting the result we wanted.
1: So when teams go on a run, Daniel, you see this all the time, in basically every single sport, unlikely heroes find a way to step up. Like, I-, I can give you the laundry list of guys over the years. I'm sure you know it from your Duke teams over the years. Somebody giving you a couple of key minutes, making a couple of key plays. What Isaiah Hodgins has done for you guys, man, that is like a new secret weapon you got. I don't think it's that secret anymore because he had the breakout performance against Minnesota. Is your trust level, is your chemistry with him just like growing and growing and growing with each passing week? Because it seems like, DJ, watching these games, you are really gaining a trust and a confidence in Hodgins as a player. And he was a difference maker for you guys on Sunday. There's no doubt
2: yeah he's he's been big time for us um you know for for a handful of weeks now he's played really well here um with us and made a lot of big time plays uh just a just a really good player a really good football player and um you know knows where to be knows how to get open knows how to beat coverage and and get in the right spot you know a couple of those plays he made were you know kind of loose scramble plays where he finds a way to get open and, and get up the field and um yeah, a lot of credit to him. He's a he's a really good player. I thought all our receivers played played really well on, on Sunday.
1: Dude, the locker room was singing your praises after the game. Whether it's Saquon Barkley calling you elite. And then how about Kayvon Thibodeau? We know, we know Kayvon likes to talk. We we know he's he's got the personality. He, dude, he was he was showing you nothing but love. He was like, that is my quarterback, the quarterback of the New York Giants. Uh, he gonna get you to wear the hat? Are we, are we working on that? Has he been trying to get that on you the last few days?
4: <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't know if I can pull that off quite like him. Uh, but yeah, he's got it going, man. He's got the, he's got the swag for sure, and and uh, he's been big time for us all year. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I can pull off that look. So,
1: the guy you succeeded, Eli Manning, gave an interview. I guess it was in the New York Post this morning because. It came across my timeline, DJ, and I saw this. And to me, it's telling. You know, Eli won two Super Bowls here in town. You were here, Eli's final season. And he gave you nothing but praise in this quote. I want to read it to you. I think he is becoming elite. There's still room to grow. And I think he knows that. And that is what is going to make him an elite quarterback. You hear that from the guy, you know, you took his place. You know, he had this illustrious career with the Giants. You're the next guy. That's a really t- those are tough shoes to fill, DJ. What does that mean hearing that from Eli Manning so showing you all sorts of love?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's certainly appreciated, it and and uh, <clears throat> means a lot coming from someone like him who did it at the level he, you know, at an elite level for as long as as he did, and and had you know as much success, won as many games, won two Super Bowls. You know, the list goes on. But yeah, it means means a lot, and and uh, appreciate it, but. There, there's a lot of work to do. I've you know certainly got some stuff to to clean up and and that's what I'm focused on and uh, we've got an awesome opportunity in front of us this week, so that's where our mind, mind is. I think our whole team's kind of thinking that way, which is a fun thing to be a part of.
1: you know that's an interesting us against the world type of mentality that you guys can embrace going into Philadelphia they beat you twice during the regular season um not only this us against the world for the Giants, but for you dJ this year. For the doubters out there, for the guys wondering, is he the guy for the team? Is he going to be our quarterback moving forward? Have you been able to use that in some way as fuel throughout the course of this year? Because, listen, now you're obviously reaping the benefits. You're having the best season of your life. You won a playoff game. You're getting ready for the divisional round. And you're not satisfied, which I think is a great approach to have. And I think that's the feeling from Coach Dable and a lot of guys in that locker room. But uh, are you using any of those haters and those doubters out there is kind of like ammo and bulletin board material for all these games you got coming up next?
4: Uh,
2: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, you certainly, you know, hear it, you know, this day and age, it's hard to completely ignore it, but in terms of my motivation or inspiration, you know, I think, you know, I can't, can't do much to control what they say, good or bad about me. So, uh, you know, letting that affect how I prepare or how I go about my business. You know, I don't know how how much that would really help me out. So I'm just just trying to to play as well as I can, focus on what I'm doing. I'm you know motivated, you know, by myself, and you know I want to be the best player I can be. So, but you know, it's not not about me. It's not about any one guy. Um, it's about what we you know have the opportunity to do here.
1: So my only disappointment from Sunday. And there's only one. It's tough to find any disappointment when you guys go on the road and win a playoff game. I was hoping, DJ, maybe, you know, Kirk Cousins has that chain, and, you know, he had the, <laughs> the dancing video after they came back a couple of weeks ago and won a game. I was hoping maybe I'd get, like, shirtless Danny Dimes chain video. We're not, we're not <laughs> getting any of that on social media. You don't want the Eagles seeing that for Saturday, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that that whole deal yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But um, we had a good time in the locker room after the after the game, and you know those are always fun moments, things to remember uh, for a long time. So uh, trying to trying to be there again on Saturday night. So
1: Saturday it's the Eagles, it's a division rival. You played them twice, but you specifically only played them once because Coach Dave's decided to rest a bunch of you guys going into the final game of the regular season. So that first matchup. The Eagles kind of came out and they knocked you guys in the mouth. They got out to an early lead. You guys scratched and caught a little bit, but you really couldn't get fully back into the game. Do you feel that you, Daniel, and the team as a whole is a much different team than the one that played Philadelphia back
2: in early December? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think we are, you know, better. I think we've we've improved week to week and Uh, From that point, you know, I thought, you know, I think we've made some, made some jumps, Um, but, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be about executing and, and, uh, you know, you mentioned them getting out to a quick start on us. We've got to play well in the beginning of the game, make sure we, we ourselves get off to a fast start and then, uh, you know, keep it going from there. It's going to be a 60 minute game. So, um, yeah, I feel like we're, we're a better team. I feel like we've improved every week.
1: So, you know this. I don't have to warn you. That is going to be a rowdy scene in Philadelphia on Saturday night, man. <laughs> I mean, that is a Saturday night game. They're probably going to be tailgating on Friday night to folks. And listen, you, you got giant fans that can make that drive. That's a very you know manageable drive, DJ, going right down I-95. I've done it plenty of times. You know, Wherever you are in New York, New Jersey, you find your way to Philadelphia. But you guys are not exactly in friendly territory this weekend. That is going to be a very hostile environment. I think there are a whole lot of Giant fans that would love to see you guys go down there and shut those people up. That's the idea, right? Get up to a fast start and take that crowd and all those rowdy dog masks and whatever the hell they're wearing in Philadelphia, man, and shut them up a little bit. Is that the idea?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, certainly a passionate and, and uh, energetic crowd. So uh, it'll be a fun fun atmosphere, fun environment. And um, Yeah, I mean, we got to play well early on for sure and sustain it throughout the game.
1: Okay, so last week, you were you you pulled the Tony Romo on me. You basically, you know, gave me the play before it was going to happen. You said third downs, (laughs) and you said turnovers, and that worked against the Vikings. So maybe I'm setting you up for your next career. I don't know, but DJ, I let you now for this Eagle game. You guys are going to go and beat Philadelphia. That is something you have not done so far this year. What's got to be different in this game on Saturday night compared to I'll say the first one, DJ, because the second one you didn't play, and obviously, you know, it was a it was a weird vibe in Week 18. But what's got to be different for you and for this team going into Saturday if you're going to win against the Eagles?
2: Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the same thing. You know, I thought third down, first game, we weren't we weren't very good. Didn't convert those opportunities, and we got to be able to do that um, do that well. Um, you know, they've got a good good pass rush. Obviously, their their sack production's up there. Um, you know, so, so handling that, making sure we're, uh, getting the ball out quick and and making the right decision, um, with that. And then, uh, just playing a four quarter game, you know, playing, you know, starting fast and, and, uh, playing well throughout. It's going to be a, going to be a, you know, one of those back and forth games. So, uh, just being ready for that.
1: So is there anything we are duplicating from the Minnesota routine? Obviously everything on the field was great, DJ, but like, Uh, Is there something that we will be incorporating into our routine, or Friday or Saturday, that maybe was uh, a good luck charm for you last weekend? I don't know. I'm just wondering.
2: Uh, I don't know. I didn't really do. I didn't do anything differently. Um, I don't think we did anything differently as a team. So um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we'll, we'll switch it up at all. So you tell me you're not going to be running the rocky
1: stairs before you play this game on Saturday. No, nah,
2: no, we shot. won't be doing that. sure. No
1: yeah, <laughs> you don't want to. You, you don't want to see any of those lunatics before the start of the game. I don't blame you. Now you're going to be mad at me. I hope we could still be friends after this. You know, I picked the Vikings to win last Sunday. So I,
4: wish you hadn't I, I know. That. I wish well, you hadn't. listen, I got <laughs> to be. Hey,
1: we're trans, but but DJ, we got to be transparent here. You know, <laughs> like you're transparent with me, you give me answers. I, I, I'm giving you answers. So. Here's how I'm going to phrase this: I've picked you guys a lot this year. You guys have made me look really good. Now I didn't last week, and I was so happy to be wrong. Do you want me? I'm going to let you decide now before the giant fan <laughs> kills me. Do you want me to follow suit and pick the Eagles again this week, or do you want do you want your boy back on a bandwagon? What's the deal here? Am I allowed back on?
2: I don't know. I don't know. If you've uh, you've shown you know shown to, to do one. thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll take you back. We'll take you back. Uh, That's my boy. All right, good. <laughs> there we go. Because no you know,
1: it was one of those things where I picked the game. I'm like, man, this. I, I just, I, I wondered. I was like, are they going to be ready for this moment? You are clearly the team was. You go and win the game. And, and now, listen, you guys, uh, this giant fever around town, DJ. Like everywhere I'm walking. Have you? Kn- I know you guys are in your routine and you're getting ready for the Eagles. But like, have you noticed, like? are more people coming up to you? Do you see like more giant hats and more giant sweatshirts like all over town? Cause like I'm in Brooklyn, dude, I walk around, I see nothing but giant stuff, dude. It's awesome.
2: Yeah. We've definitely felt the support. Um, yeah. In the last couple of days for sure, even more, but throughout the year, I think, you know, the fans have been great and brought, you know, supported us and and had our backs and and we certainly appreciate that. So, um, yeah, we're trying to, trying to keep it going. And, and, uh, You know, big one on Saturday night.
1: So what's worse? We'll leave with this. Is it Kate benching you in the fantasy semifinals or is it me (laughs) turning my back on you and picking the Vikings last week? I don't know. I'll let you decide.
2: I think it's, I think it's you turning your back on us last week. I mean, wow. See,
1: but I'm honest though. Be be fair on that DJ. I could have hit from that. You would have never known, but I own it, bro. I own it. Yeah.
2: What did, what did Saquon say in the beginning of the year? Something about if you're on that side of the table, stay on that side of the table. When Oh, no.
1: <laughs> this is how it ends. You, you, know, no, you know, DJ, kidding, I got to say, man. It's been, it, the last couple of weeks have been so much fun. And, and I think I speak on behalf of all of New York City. We, we want to see this thing keep going, man. This has been like too much fun. So go get them in Philadelphia. I'm glad I'm allowed back on a bandwagon. I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you for that. And uh, continue to share the insight for when I pick the game, I can drop nuggets from the quarterback that make me look smart. It it makes me look like I have football savvy, okay, dude?
2: Well, you got to just go with the the simple keys, man. Third down and turnovers, that's going to be big in any game.
1: Hey, you do that, you got a good chance (laughs) to beat the Eagles. DJ, we will be watching on Saturday night. Go kick some Eagle ass. And uh, hopefully we're chatting about you guys playing the NFC title game because that would be freaking awesome.
2: No doubt. Appreciate you, JJ.
1: That's the quarterback of the New York Football Giants. Not betting against that guy again. That's Daniel Jones. We'll come right back.
3: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, So we might as well call this the uh, Tuesday episode of the Dannys because we go from Danny Dimes to Danny Heifetz. You don't have a nickname, do you?
0: Not yet, but I mean, I also have not thrown for like 300 yards in a playoff game, so maybe I got to earn it still.
1: Uh, I understand that. Uh, Really, never got a nickname at any point of your life. That's surprising. Uh, DH. People go with
0: DH sometimes.
1: But that works. DH works. I mean, listen. That's why I come in. My initials,
0: so. Yeah, I'm like the designated hitter. So there we go.
1: I don't like DH for you, though. You're Danny Heifetz. I have to say it. Like, I can't even say Danny. I can't even say Heifetz. I have to say both altogether. Um, but let's get down to business, bro. If I had told you a year ago, when we sat here after week 18 against the Washington football team, the surrendered third down play, uh, Joe Judge coming back, Joe Judge getting fired, everything that came with last January, that a year later, my friend. We would be talking about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley winning a playoff game. Your reaction would have been.
0: I would have liked whatever you were smoking. I mean, it, it, I think you nailed the, the right on the head because that's the thing. This team, I can't stress this enough. Giants, remember, like a year ago, 53 weeks ago, was like rock bottom. It's like week 18. Their quarterback sneaking on third and nine with Jake Fromm. And it's like they're non-competitive. People are leaving the stands. It's like a disaster. And then everything's fixed in in like 12 months. It's unbelievable. And I I think what's, I mean, all the talent around, but I think it's important to know, I mean, you know, Dimes, it's not like this team decided to make some long-term commitment because Daniel Jones was obviously the franchise quarterback the entire time. The first thing this trust did, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they declined his fifth year option. They declined the ability to have him under contract for like $20 million in 2023. And they're like, let's see what he's got. And John Maris says, you know what? We've done everything possible to screw this kid up. Let's see what he can do when we stop changing coaches, changing coordinators, get the right people in place. And he's crushed it. He's done everything possible. Look what happened. when he went from Jason Garrett to Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. It's like it's like night and day. It's like up versus down. Everything about it has been incredible. It I think it illuminates one coaching and just how important coaching is invisibly in terms of how you what you see on the screen, but also. My God, it's like all these all these other teams, it's like quarterbacks. What have you done for me lately? Guys, you know, in, out, a couple of years, gone. And the Giants have this old-fashioned, a, an actual, honest-to-God development of a quarterback over, you know, what now, four seasons. So I, this has been unbelievable from dimes. And it's like to have your biggest moment in its biggest stage. It's been incredible. I can't say enough about it.
1: Uh, I listened to you and our buddy Simmons and Raheem last week before <laughs> Wild Card Weekend, and you guys nailed the perfect description of the Giants. They know exactly what they are, Danny. You know, that's what it boils down to. There is no identity crisis with this team. They know they have to protect the football. They know they have a mobile quarterback. They know they have a game-breaking running back. And they have a defense that likes to get after it. There is no confusion with the Giants. And listen, I think you and I would look at talent and evaluate talent of all the 32 teams in the NFL. There's no way... On God's green earth, you and I would be putting the Giants as a top eight talent team. They're probably in the bottom third, quite frankly, of talent within the NFL, but they're playing this week and they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're talking about this out of nowhere, feel good, incredible renaissance season. It starts with coaching, dude. Like, we'll get to Jones and how brilliant he's been and the defense and the way they've come on. Brian Dable... You know what? My feeling has been all year. They got a coach and they got a quarterback. That coach has turned uh, chicken shit into chicken salad, my man. Yeah, it is exactly. incredible.
0: Again, I, and I hope Brian Dable gets the coach of the year voting. The voting ended before the Danny, the it's not even close. Before the playoffs. I'm glad you
1: brought that up. I don't want to hear about Sirianni. I don't want to hear about I Shanahan. I don't want to hear about any of these guys. The Giants' roster should not be 9 and 7. They want no. a playoff game for anybody out there and this is no bias here I'm not a Giant fan I'm telling it like it is it should be a runaway fits with who the coach of the year is in my
0: opinion runaway I'm bi- I am bi—I am biased but I agree I mean I, look, again I keep talking about this Giant season I think that Brian Dable kind of took the leftovers in your fridge and made you like a restaurant quality meal it's like this was supposed to be a throwaway rebuilding year they have basically 60 million the the, the teams this year have like a 200 million dollar budget that's a salary cap 60 million dollars like almost a third of the Giants budget is just for players who are basically not on the team. It's to cut guys like James Bradbury. It's so guys like Kenny Galladay and $19 million can basically not play whatsoever during the season. I mean, they're all like like that's a third of their budget is just to reset the, Gettle, the Dave Gettleman salary cap era. And they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. So that's an important part to remember is this was supposed to be year zero really of this group. And then secondly, Dable, what he's done, and I have to shout out Mike Kafka, who is the offensive coordinator. Again, Dable, there's an amazing piece in the, the Athletic last week by Dan Dugan, who did a story about how Brian Dable hired his staff. And the point was, most of these guys come in and they hire guys that, A, they trust and have known for a long time. And they just hire guys they used to work with. Brian Dable didn't do any of that. He His first call was to the coaches already on staff and he wanted to retain a couple special teams guys. And then every interview he had from there out, the whole staff was in the meeting. He let everybody who worked for him be a part of building the rest of the staff. So it was like two people in, they hired, then three people in, then they hired the fourth. And then by the end, the last interview did was 25 people in the room. Anyone could ask a question, it was flat, it was leadership, and then he let people vote. And I'm uh, the point being, this is not a staff of just people Brian David used to work with. He didn't even know Mike Kafka that well. And then he hands the play calling to him. You know how many people get hired as an offensive coordinator to be a head coach? And they're like, well, this is what got me here. I gotta keep calling the plays. And then they're not a CEO. They're too specific. They're too narrow. They don't have. Think about Matt Lafleur with the Packers and all the offense being great a couple of years ago and their special teams melting down. Brian Dable, the first decision, one of the first huge decisions he made was handing the play calling to Mike Kafka. And guess what? The Giants now have a top three play caller in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, head coaches, and Mike Kafka is right there with them. And then Brian Dable's taking care of everything else. I, this staff is incredible.
1: What's the biggest difference for you with Jones, aside from coaching? Because obviously that has played a major role. They have maximized. They have played to his strengths. Is it more so, Danny, his ability to cut down on the big mistake and the turnover? Or is it far more about the way he's making plays with his legs? I think it's a combination of both. But what has transformed, in your opinion, outside of Dable and outside of Kafka, Daniel Jones to achieve this next level as a quarterback?
0: It's a cliche, but it's about being put in the position to succeed. That is coaching. I know you asked what not coaching, but it, it's important to note. It's kind of like asking a sports car to go from a dirt road to like freshly paved highway. It just feels different. It's in a different situation. Jones himself, I think that, I think it's the floor. I, do, I, th- I think that his ceiling is underrated. I think that he has these great deep balls. And I do think that his best plays are, uh, maybe his best throws are underrated. But really, it's not good one. He doesn't make mistakes. Like, and that's incredible because he used to be defined by mistakes. I don't think he had one bad play in that Vikings game. Like, even the throwaways were smart. The sacks he took, one of them wasn't his fault, and the other was, like, actually better than throwing the ball away. Or in the other incompletions he had were drops. Like, everything was just, like, he didn't have one play where I'm like, oh, if only you'd done that. Not one. And that's the thing. He's playing mistake-free football, more or less. Which, again, this is a guy who, if you just add up fumbles and picks per game, had like the second most in like 25 years per game in his first his first year or two in the league. Like this was a guy who went from turn the ball over all the time. He's now, I feel like he's always Daniel Jones has always had a really high IQ. But it was more like he wasn't synthesizing it in the moment. Like maybe he'd go back to the sideline and knew what he did wrong. Now he's knowing it in the moment and making decision as it's happening. And he's always making the right decision.
1: Am I crazy to say? Statistically speaking, any eye test. And I factor in what's not around him, Heifetz, because you do this. You do the fantasy stuff. You know who has good playmakers and who does not. Like, they're wide receivers. I know Isaiah Hodgins was great in a wild card game. We're talking <laughs> about Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and Bellinger as the guys that Daniel Jones is throwing the football to this season for 2022. Danny, I think he's played like a top 10 quarterback. I really do. I that's that's how absolutely. I mean, I watch the games. I I see all these quarterbacks. Look at what he's done with this group of playmakers, bro. I'm not afraid to say
0: it. I believe it. I don't, no, it's not ridiculous at all. I mean, if you look at, look, he's top 10. He might not even be 10th, if we're being honest. I mean, again, Mike Lombardi keeps calling it the six-back offense, but it's kind of a harken back to like 100 years ago. The idea that the quarterback is just part of the run game and the quarterback only has to carry the ball 10 times for the defense to kind of have to account for them in the backfield every game. And that makes it easier for the offense to scheme up Isaiah Hodgins to be open. But again, that's because Dimes is doing a great job in the run game, scrambling and, you know, just running off tackle. But then again, I I look at, I think I, other than Jones, who is the embodiment of like the Brian Dable, smart, tough, dependable. That's what he promised this team would be, smart, tough, dependable. That's Jones to a T. I also freaking love Isaiah Hodgins, man. He does, he's not like the most talented guy on the team. He might be one of the less talented receivers, quote unquote, in the the, uh, league. Does everything right. And you know what I love about him? gets the ball on third and six, crucial moment of this game. He's a yard shy. He knows it. Two different defenders are breaking on him. And he like just powerfully just falls backward. He makes sure to get the first down by falling backward. I think it's not sexy, but that's this team in a nutshell. These aren't the most talented skill players, but everyone knows what to do. Everyone knows their job. Everyone knows where they are on the field. And they're, you know, how many receivers do you watch that are talented, but jump back two yards, try to get the first, and they get tackled to get you fourth and two. Guys like Isaiah Hodgins, we say that about running backs, he's always falling forward. And I just, I, it embodies this team to me that they got him off a practice squad.
1: Isn't it nice? And I go back to 2017 high fits with the Yankees, where they weren't expected to be in the playoffs. They were down 2 yeah. 0 against Cleveland. They came back, won that series. They went to seven against the Astros. And listen, we're still waiting for the Yankees with this group somewhat to go and win a championship. But the idea of playing that first postseason, that innocent climb, that house money year. Dude, you're getting it now. Like, this game against the Eagles, it, I, I, I know you want it. Listen, you're a fan. You're going to be into it. You're going to be hooting and hollering like crazy. I get it. I would be, too. But at the end of the day, no matter what happens here, Giants goes cool 41-0 on Saturday. They have had an amazing season. They have had a feel-good season. Those house money ears, dude, are fun. They really are fun as a sports it, fan. It
0: is. It's, so I guess maybe Hodgins is like the D.D. D. Gregorius of this team. I don't even know. But, uh...
1: <laughs> I was going to say to Chase Headley, How about that? I was going to give him the Chase Headley and to Todd better. Frazier. That's
0: probably better. But um, I think that what's, I, I will say, with that Yankees season is it's so bittersweet in retrospect because that was like the closest they ever got. And, you know, uh, knock on wood, you know, obviously I hope the Giants make it to a conference championship. But it's incredible because I, as much as the Giants say they're not playing with house money, I don't care. They are. Like, they just are. This is, it's so thrilling. But I think the best part is that you, you watch all these Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans just they have no joy going into these games like they, they went into that Bucs game even though they throttled them all the Cowboys fans I know were like oh my god I don't know we're gonna well, lose I, blah, blah, blah. I
1: know the feeling it's like being a Yankee fan it's like the Yankees playing yeah, Cleveland in is. the first round of the playoffs there's, there's nothing to gain and there's everything to lose exactly
0: period. and it's like and now the Cowboys like that going against the Niners Giants fans Kind of cautiously optimistic about this Eagles game. I think everyone knows that the Eagles are way, way, way better than the Vikings. But Giants fans are like, but we have a shot. Like It's it's so much more exciting. And so that's the thing. This has been the most thrilling Giants. I think entering this year, they had 100 losses in 10 years. It's just incredible.
1: Okay. The first Eagle game. Forget about week 18. They played nobody. The game, yeah, the game to irrelevant. me means absolutely nothing. It was a tune-up for Jalen Hurts, and the Giants didn't play any of their starters, wisely. Unlike Brandon Staley, who cost his team dearly, and the fact that he's coaching the team next year is an absolute disgrace. But don't get me started. What needs to be different? The Eagles are better. All you need to know, Heifetz, James Bradbury is an Eagle. If the Giants (laughs) had any intention of being in a divisional round this year, they probably wouldn't have let James Bradbury go and be a Philadelphia Eagle. So, (laughs) I let you now, I let you, Draw up the game plan for how the Giants could win this game. I ask you, sir, how did the Giants win this game?
0: Turnovers. I know it's easy to say, but uh, you, the, the Eagles are just so much better. The Vikings' offensive line is, is banged up, and it's not physical. The Eagles' offensive line's really big and really fast. They're really fast. And the Eagles' cornerbacks are, are... I mean, it's not just better than the Vikings. They're literally at the opposite spectrum. The, the Vikings' cornerbacks are kind of like the Giants' receivers of the cornerbacking world. The Eagles... C- cornerbacks are so good so on, on on offense the Giants need to be able to run the ball like Saquon's going to need to be able to break a couple plays and honestly I think that we're going to need Darius Slayton to not drop the god like the, the, drop the ball like we need those big uh, go up plays. with that I that know drop we need to challenge Minnesota
1: them. was so bad oh my it, god it was so bad and,
0: with Bellinger over them and I think that like challenging Eagles linebackers the Eagles haven't had good linebackers in like years or a decade or something and so I think that the middle of the field But honestly, I think that Darius Slayton's going to need a big play. But on defense, where I really think Xavier McKinney is back, I think Xavier McKinney is like massive in this game because he wasn't there. He broke his hand on, you know, ATVing on the bye week. I don't, you know, he didn't play in the first Eagles game. He's so important to be able to, to really actually stop in the run while still committing to the pass. And like, especially now that Jason Pinnock had to go to the hospital after this last game, like we really need McKinney. Uh, even though his hand's still messed up. But basically, the Eagles have a great run game, but they're not really explosive. They're not breaking 70-yard runs. So we really just need to, like, actually not let the Eagles chunk down the field. (sighs) But, man, I just, I keep thinking about Fabian Moreau on, like, A.J. Brown, or, like, even Adoree Jackson, who's really good. But Adoree Jackson, he's not big. A.J. Brown's so big. And so um, I'm nervous, man. I'm really nervous. They need turnovers.
1: So basically what you're telling me is you like Philadelphia to win in cover. That's what you're telling me. That description right there did not sound like a guy who feels good about his team's chances of winning this game.
0: I I wouldn't say I'm confident that they will win. I'm confident they will be competitive. I think in that first game, what you saw is the Giants were not as healthy. Um, for, I, and they got you know, blitzed check. out
1: of the gate to Heifetz. That's another thing that cannot happen in this game. They cannot fall behind 17 to 20 to nothing in this game they will not survive that.
0: So the other thing about that game, I just had to look it up just to be sure. But so basically Daniel Bellinger had that um that like eye injury and he went out, came back. And right around the beginning of this Eagles thing, they went when the Giants the first two months of the season, you probably remember. They were like they were playing multiple tight ends and they were just bootlegging. You know what I mean? They were doing those bootlegs and Daniel Jones would just spam it. They would just throw these bootlegs to the flat, three yards downfield, the tight end would turn up, steal three. And suddenly it's like, oh, second and four. That's great. That was really easy. And so, like the Texans, I think they did that like five times on the same drive to go down and like win the game. And that they, they were doing it as much as any team in the league. Did you see the Giants bootleg and throw to a tight end in the flat once against the Vikings? They're not that team anymore. When Daniel Bellinger came back from this eye injury, They became a regular three receiver, one tight end, drop back passing offense. That was kind of in its infancy of they were figuring out what works and what doesn't that first time against the Eagles because that was the second game Bellinger back. This is just a more matured passing game because I got to tell you, they weren't really like a drop back. Daniel Jones takes five steps and hits a receiver in rhythm. Till like a month ago. They weren't even really trying to do that. It was shoestring and bubblegum. The Vikings game was like, oh, this looks like an actual offense. And so that, to me, is the main difference.
1: So I told your quarterback that I picked against him last week. And he's not happy with me. Oh, well, listen, I told him I'm honest. That's what we do around here. We're transparent. I was honest. Um, And I asked him, I said, do you want me to pick against your team again or do you want me to get on the bandwagon? And... You know, in classic DJ fashion, Heifetz, he said, get back on the bandwagon, man. You got to ride with the squad. Uh, are you allowing me to to get on the giant bandwagon this week? Now that I jumped off after foolishly picking that, that fraud Minnesota team, which I knew was going to get bounced from the playoffs early.
0: This is a very easy question. If you get on the bandwagon and the Giants lose, are you going to be hopping on the Eagles bandwagon or the Niners the following week? Uh,
1: well, listen. My picks this year have been good. I, I mean, it all uh, full disclosure. I'm just saying we. We've, we've had you're year. welcome.
0: We're welcome to come on the Giants. It's all 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 come just like we're very accepting. Please hop on the Giants bandwagon. However, just remember if you just try to hop from the Giants to the Eagles, neither fan base will forget that.
1: I understand that. All right, two quick hitters. Number one are the Cowboys live in their game against San Francisco. Yes or no?
0: I think yes. I I, I think, look, I, I know the Niners shellacked the Cowboys like when they played a month ago, and I, I don't have to rehash that. It was disgusting. Dude, Brock Purdy didn't play that well in that last game. I, everyone's got to calm down with the Brock Purdy stuff. He's better than he we thought he would be when he was literally Mr. Irrelevant. That was all we knew about Brock Purdy. He's played well. His job's very easy. His job's to throw to the insanely talented wide-open people. Like, the Niners are like 185 yards after the catch in that game. So, oh, 330 yards, three touchdowns. 185 that was after the catch. And yet, on the plays that, like, you know, next-gen stats, they can track, they have chips in the ball, chips in the player's shoulder pads, they can figure out where people are on the field. The, the throws that were not defined as wide open, he was like 9 of 20. And on those throws, he almost had five picks. Like, if you watch that game, he almost turned the ball over three times. The Cowboys are the turnover team, man. So I, I think that if Brock if the Niners are going to lose, it's because Brock Purdy is going to throw more picks than touchdowns in the game. I think that's the path.
1: Final one, are you allowing me to take a moral victory from the spunky, spirited Miami Dolphins Sunday down seventeen nothing, fighting back, down ten, fighting back, or should I just be miserable for the rest of the winter and spring and summer because of their
0: inability to get a play
1: call in on fourth and one? Where do you stand? Well, on let
0: that? me let me hijack your show for a second and, and answer the question. The other question: Do you look at that game? And are you impressed that the Dolphins almost beat the Bills? Yes. You look at that game and think Mike McDaniel didn't do enough coaching. He didn't coach the game. No, I see.
1: And I got into a fight with a buddy of mine about this who is mad at me that I'm not more mad about the loss. I said, I thought they were going to lose 41-10 to with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. And Heifetz, when a team is down in a playoff game on the road, they have every reason to mail it in. Like, it's not your day. You don't have the talent, blah, 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 to fight back the way that they did. You know what my thought was, Heifetz? If Tua was starting this game, the Dolphins would have won. And I believe I gotta, that.
0: Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I think that the criticism of Mike McDaniels a, a little ridiculous. Yes, like there were a lot of delayed games. It's the third string quarterback in the playoffs. I mean, and the, they're on the road. It's like on it the road think, in Buffalo. Not an easy place to play. play. Overall, about what the Dolphins had to do this season. Tua's playing. He deals with the concussions. Teddy Bridgewater plays. Teddy Bridgewater gets in cost. They go to the third string, Tua, then it's Bridgewater again. Then it's then then it's Skylar Thompson. Like the, we weren't supposed to be relying on Skyler Thompson once this season. So I don't look at the Dolphins season, see the delay of games, and be like, must have been Mike McDaniel's fault. I'm like, I can't believe Mike McDaniel got this team here. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too forgiving, but I I just think that they had to play three quarterbacks, like three, like, like different at different points. And so I, I just it's a. I, I feel like it's a very high standard to be upset that the miscommunications with the third-string cornerback disrupted the Dolphins from beating a team that was the preseason Super Bowl favorite.
1: Well said. That's why I love you so much. Tell it like it is. Danny Heifetz, Ringer NFL, fantasy football, giant extraordinaire. Buddy, we'll chat after this game. Don't you worry. Whether it's Saturday or Sunday, yes. uh, you, you'll be chatting with me. So don't be I a stranger. I hope I'm right? jubilant.
0: And if the Giants win this game, it's it's everyone's going to compare it to 2011. It's 2007. I, just keep that in mind. Road Warriors,
1: baby. Road beat Warriors. the Cowboys
0: after the bye. They're wearing those jerseys. That's the one that they're trying. That's the one this one's evoking. And also the Ringer NFL Draft Show. It's on the Fantasy Football Show. So if you're into the draft, check that out.
1: There you go. That's our buddy, Danny Heifetz. We'll have some trivia, wrap it up right after this.
3: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or statement of satisfaction by a client.
1: All right, before we say goodbye, Larry's back by popular demand and You know, Larry sent me some trivia questions that were not for the show, that were absolutely brutal. So I have no idea what he's going to send me when it comes to trivia questions that are for the show. So I'm saying a prayer. Okay, Larry, let's hear it.
2: JJ, Larry, since 2019, who's got the most extra base hits in the major leagues? The second question is, The Tampa Bay Rays have had four Rookie of the Year AL Rookie of the Year since 2008. Can you name the four Rookie of the Years? I'm out. All right. Rays
1: Rookie of the Years. Let's start with David Price. See, he might have won a Rookie of the Year. I don't know if it was in the right time frame. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking of all these great young players they've had. They've had a bunch. Uh Wander Franco. Wow. He didn't even win it last year. I don't even I don't even remember who won Rookie of the Year. That, that that's all you need to know. I don't even remember who won last year's Rookie of the Year. And he was pretty good. He was really, really good. All right. Was it his buddy, Randy or Rose Norena? All right, there we go. It wasn't Wanda Franco, it was Randy A. Okay, so that's one. We got to get three more Rays Rookie of the Year. I mean, you got to take the pitching department, right? Bla- Blake Snell?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, not Blake Snell. Holy moly. See, I thought this question would be a lot easier thought it would be a lot easier. Kevin Kiermaier? Mm. This is pathetic. I mean, what am I doing here? I watch this team 18 times a year, if not more. Over the last 12, 15, 20 years of my life, I can't name Rays rookie of the years? Come on, let's go. Uh, this might be an obvious one. Evan Longoria. All right, took me long enough with somebody who was a talented, young, raised youngster. All right, so that's two. I got two more to get. We're putting a piece of this puzzle together. James Shields. I mean, I'm giving you the laundry list of the Tampa Bay Rays. The freaking laundry list. My goodness. Did this guy win Rookie of the air? He had a disappointing career. B.J. Upton? <laughs> no, he didn't. Okay. Right, I'm taking one more stab, and I'm waving the white flag here because I'm getting annoyed thinking about all these Tampa Bay Rays that have tormented me watching the Yankees over the years because a lot of them have tormented the Yankees. Scott Casimir.
4: <laughs>
1: so that's a no for Casimir. Stefan, just give me the last two. I'm annoyed now.
2: Will Myers and Jeremy Hellickson.
1: Jeremy Hellickson. Feel like I should have known Will Myers. I'm giving myself a pass on Jeremy Hellickson. That's a tough question. To be fair, though, Will Myers wasn't there for that long. Remember, he got traded immediately. Yeah, he's bounced around a little bit. He has bounced around a little bit. He was a big Kansas City prospect. Ends up with Tampa. Then, of course, ends up with the San Diego Padres. He's another one of those guys. Very hyped coming out of the minor leagues. He's had moments in the big leagues, but never the player we thought he was going to be. All right. 2019, who's got the most extra base hits? Aaron Judge. Uh, Missing time will hurt you. And that was the case for Aaron Judge in 2019. Okay. Judge is out. Freddie Freeman. Jeez. Bryce Harper. This is I'm not I'm not performing well today. This is pissing me off. Uh Raphael Devers. There we go. Took me long enough. I'm actually pleased with my performance in that question. And that makes sense. Devers an absolute monster. And I'm annoyed he's going to be a Red Sox for the next decade. All right. What do we have coming up on Thursday? It is a loaded football Friday show. That means Beningo is back. We both went 500 over super wildcard weekend. By the way, I mean, just saying that, is just, I don't, I'm mad I actually said that. It's the dumbest, lamest phrase imaginable. Super wildcard weekend. It's wildcard weekend. We went 500, each of us with our picks. We got four coming up for the divisional round. We'll have Art the Caesar from Vegas, who will clearly grade them out. And we guys start planting the seed because my bachelor party is gonna be in Las Vegas for the final four. Not getting married till August, but my bachelor party is gonna be final four weekend. We need to have a future or two alive for that bachelor party. So, Art and all my college basketball people, I want you in the lab and I want you contributing because I'm gonna fire on a bunch and hope I at least have one ticket. Going in the stadium swim come Final Four Saturday. I need it. I need it, okay? Good job by Stefan. I want to thank Daniel Jones and Danny Heifitz. We're back on Thursday night. No games Thursday. So we'll, we'll, we'll be up at a decent hour Thursday night, getting you ready for a big giant weekend. It's cool saying the Giants are in the divisional round. Not going to lie. All right, JJ out. Enjoy your Tuesday night, Wednesday. Be good, everybody.
3: Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.